Our service doesn't end after we leave the military. The mission changes, but we still find the need to be of service. What's yours? Listen in as we talk to our guests about their military careers and life after the uniform in their second service. This podcast is sponsored by Fortis et Fidelis, a brand dedicated to honoring the brave and faithful. Make sure to check out fortis-fidelis.com and support the podcast by subscribing to the show and leaving us a five-star review on all the podcast platforms. Now, let's get to the show. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Brave and Faithful podcast. Uh, Today, I have an Army veteran. He is also a a mentor with Veterati, a community advocate, and the founder of Strategic Scouts Consulting, mm-hmm. uh, Bernie Stone. What's going on, Bernie? Living the dream. There you go. Living the dream. Living the dream. Yeah. And those, amongst other things, there's a whole pile of stuff that I get up to. <laughs> um, so, Bernie, you know, before we get started and, and talk, talking about Strategic Scouts, can you just tell the audience a little bit about your service? I mentioned you were in the Army. Yeah. Can sure, I did. Um, experience. I did twenty years, four months, and three days. I was counting every single last one of those days at the end. Um, in the U.S. Army, uh, started out in tanks uh, as an armor officer. Did that for about ten years. Commanded in Germany, um, and then uh, switched over to something which called a Russian foreign area officer. So they embed military um, folks um, as linguists all the way up through policymakers in uh, various units across uh, the U.S. military. Um, And I got to do that and it was a lot of fun. So I ended up living overseas for about 15 years, Afghanistan vet, um, did a lot of really amazing stuff that I can never talk about (laughs) to include, I got the Medal of Honor from Lithuania, they called the Medal of Merit, but um, I can't tell you why I got it. So uh, yeah, it's just been a really amazing journey, a lot of um, different adventures, and um, since then, uh, have did the typical veteran, uh, you know, three years, three jobs thing, post military, and um, ended up starting my own two businesses. So, Strategic Scouts, as you mentioned, um, consulting firm, and then Strategic Hol- Strategic Holdings, pardon me, is my investing firm. Now awesome. I just help people. Awesome, man. So like how long since you left the military? Um, how long ago was that? And, you know, how long did it take for you to start your businesses that you're doing now? Yeah, it was about six and a half years ago that I got out um, just the retirement process. And then almost like three years and three months was when I started my companies. And that's because I couldn't find um, the jobs or I was looking for something that would fulfill me. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't finding it and just got pissed off at my boss one day and quit and started my own two companies uh, the very same week. Never looked back. Yeah, I find uh, when talking to veterans, they're always looking for that next mission or or something fulfilling a purpose, right? Was that something similar that you experienced? Completely. I, I think th- I've had a lot of soul searching about this. So I do a lot of uh, mentoring, uh, as you mentioned, with Federati and other organizations. And many veterans struggle with this, right? So 
the military does this amazing thing when you join and it's universal. Um, they strip out the individual and they make you part of a team. And so yeah. then you have to look to your left and right and you can't be like, what am I doing to help out the mission? And, and my, you know, when I joined, there was never any of this army of one uh, type stuff, which they've moved away from again. Um, it was all about being a part of something. When you leave the military, they don't put the they don't put it back. It's not like you become yourself prior to when you when you joined. And I think a lot of veterans, certainly for me, were searching for somebody to kind of tell us not necessarily what to do, but having that larger mission that we're we have that guidance. Okay, we're going to go in that direction. We generally know what the rules are, um, and you don't get any of that when you transition. And I'm not sure how you do it. Uh, I'm not a fan necessarily of the transition programs that we have, but you know, the army taught me if you can't figure out a way to fix something, you probably shouldn't bitch about it. So I don't know what they should do to make it better because again, we've changed as part of our, um, as part of our service and the things that we've experienced. I'm never going to be the person that I was before I joined. Um, so I think what I've come to realize is that we don't, I, I shouldn't say we, I don't have to be that person. I can take who I was and the experiences that I had in the military and do something more with that. And I think that's what's really allowed me to, to thrive um, since trying to get somebody to give me a job and just tell me what to do. And that was, let me just illustrate that by this. People would, I would did all the job fairs. I did, you know, I sent resumes, probably a thousand resumes all over the place. Nobody even bothered with them. Um, and people would ask me if I did, if I did get a meeting, they'd say, well, what do you, what do you do? What's your value? And I'd be like, what do you want? Mm -hmm. I've done logistics. I've done operations. I've been an executive assistant in the earring of the Pentagon, getting coffee for, for people and, and, you know, writing emails. I've, um, I've been a UN appointed governor in Kosovo. I mean, like, tell me what all of those things mean in the civilian world. And they, they really don't translate. And so I stopped trying to translate them. I'm just going to do my own thing. Yeah. I think uh, you mentioned there, it's like, you kind of made your choice, right? Like instead of, you know, working for somebody, some other business, you know, I'm just going to start my own and, and create my own path. Right. Yeah. I don't have to look to somebody else to tell me what my value is. I tell myself. And I mean, we veterans, I think, you know, I mean, you can probably speak more than I, than I could, but, you know, we veterans kind of make uh, the perfect, you know, person to go into business, the perfect person that, you know, goes into entrepreneurship, correct? I, I think it's about, I wouldn't say business in general, because some people just shouldn't be in business. Um, I shouldn't be in certain types of business. Mm, um, yeah, anything dealing with heavy sales. I hate sales. I, that's the last job that I quit from. Um, I should never do sales again. Uh, so I don't. Um, I think what veterans are uniquely um, suited for is that mission focus. And you can, whatever the mission is, it doesn't matter. You can tell the veteran your mission is to achieve this financial result, or your mission is to increase sales by X percent, or your mission is to open another franchise location, you know, X miles away. They'll figure it out because yeah. you gave them the mission and you give them some resources and, and set them loose. And, and that's really what I, I love about what I'm doing now is that I thrived in situations when, in my military career when people gave me a mission that was difficult and then just got out of my way. Like, let's see if you can accomplish this or you're going to fall flat on your face. 
Um, I love that about the entrepreneurial space. Some people don't, that's not for them, um, but you still can be a business owner and have some sort of guardrails. I use the example locally because I'm a score mentor as well. Um, here in the state of Iowa, this is where I'm, I'm joining you from, uh, a subway franchise in central Iowa generally makes about $75,000 a year. So if that sounds good to you, then just own a subway franchise. It's fire and forget. You don't have to you know, solve all of the problems that start being entrepreneurs, you know, what you would have to figure out. What's my branding going to look like? What's my marketing? Well, that's all done for you. Right. So there's a lot of different ways to be involved in business for yourself. You don't necessarily have to invent the next, you know, fusion reactor or app or, you know, whatever. Um, and so that's a, it's an amazing option for folks as well. Yeah. Figure out, and that's, and I say that because part of the thing that I do is I'm also a collaborator for Gina Wickman's Entrepreneurial Leap. There's about 120 of us worldwide. Um, and our, we are sort of evangelists for Gino's content about choosing the right business that fits you. And there's so many different businesses out there He's got some proprietary stuff that you can go through on his website, uh, e-leap.com, and then choose what's best for you versus, hey, being an entrepreneur is the latest thing, or I'm going to have a unicorn, or I want to you know, build a widget. Whatever those things are, you should do some introspection about what part of being a business owner is exciting to you. If you never want to make a phone call to anybody, you probably shouldn't be in a sales intensive business. Just being honest with yourself is going to increase your likelihood of success. Yeah, great point, Bernie. And I mean, I want to ask you then, so, you know, with uh, consulting and the, uh, you know, the other business that you have, like, so what kind of, you know, when you were looking into starting your own business, what led you to be, you know, a coach or consultant? Yeah, sure. Um, consultant is almost like, I mean, anybody can be a consultant, right? And a lot of people say they're consultants. What led me to that is um, I've had some success in the financial scheme in my personal life. Um, got an MBA from the University of Iowa. Um, I've generally am most happy when I'm helping other people achieve their goals. And that's kind of, you know, the basics of consultant work. Um, any consultant says, I typically have more skills and experiences in this area and I can help you tap into that without you having to hire somebody specific for your business. You can just have a consultant come in and help you out for a bit, solve the problem and move on. I thought that appealed to me because it's always something new. Mm. Um, always the problem sets or, or anything and everything. Um, and um, I like that. I like the, the sort of, it's constant. There's never, it's not routine. Um, there are consultants out there that would only do one thing or, or only uh, be focused on a certain area. I like to do it all. And if it's out of my comfort zone and I'm like, really, I, I, I'm not the person to help you. I have a huge network that I can tap into other people and say, I can't help you, but that person can. So, and that to me is still a win. So it's that feeling of, of assisting people to um, achieve, you know, get rid of problems that they have and achieve their goals. That makes me happy. That's what drives me. And then the investing side is just, I don't know if you're in the stock market at all, but the, the stock market has totally lost its mind. In my opinion, I'm a Graham style investor, um, buy and hold value investing. And so um, I started investing many years ago when the markets were a lot lower. 
Uh, and so now I'm selling uh, and, and selling out of positions and putting those that money into small businesses. So that's my strategic goal. So with um, Strategic Scout Consulting, um, you know, since you started it, you know, what has been some of your biggest obstacles or uh, sure, you know, the biggest obstacle issues. is yeah, the, the biggest obstacle is like who is this guy? So you talk to me today, like why should I listen to this person? Oh. Show me specifically or give me something that would say that I'm going to hand you this money and you're going to actually solve my problem for me. And that's a big leap when I don't like, um, I'm not going to tell you ways that I've helped other clients because that's their business, right? And so I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to just like throw open all of the different things I've done. Um, and part of that is because of my past um, working in as a Russian foreign area officer. I'm, I don't like to share things amongst the different things I'm up to. I mean, they're very specific. Um, but also, it's it, you know, it shouldn't matter. Um, people will either believe that I have the expertise to assist them, or they won't. And that's that that goes back to my hatred of sales. I'm not a salesman. I'm not here to convince you um, that uh, I'm the person that I, that you need to help you. Um, you either want my help or you don't, because uh, I'm busy. I have lots of different things that I'm up to, and and my consulting business isn't what pays the bills around here. It's the it's the investing side. So mm. I do the consulting because it keeps me happy, um, and I love the varied uh, problem sets. Not because that's my revenue generator. So and because of that, in underneath Strategic Scouts, which is most of the work that I do, I volunteer for FedTech, XTech, NSIN, Army Cyber Program. Uh, Veterati, uh, USGLC, Army, or Urbandale Chamber of Commerce. So I'm doing a tons of volunteer work underneath my strategic scouts company. That's the way I like it. I take on projects when they're interesting and people truly need that. Otherwise, you know, they can come to me as a mentor and one of the various other things that I do. Oh, and Bunker Labs. I'm the founding um, ambassador for Bunker Labs Des Moines. Yeah, shout out to Bunker Labs. Um better Roddy as well that's how we kind of connected there you go <laughs> um so on the flip side of that uh bernie you know we you talked about some of the um you know not being known or, or whatnot mm -hmm. some of the biggest obstacles what's been um some of the most rewarding so far since becoming a consultant um was speaking to a person the other day and one of the things that i do and i won't name it because then that might call them out uh, and they said um, they were going to start crying because of the hope that I gave them, quote unquote. Like, it's not that I that I absolutely have any answer that someone's going to come to me. But for me, the fun part is the working through it. And we saw that as part of our military experience, right? I mean, you, you were given some insane mission that you had to do, and you like, and you, if you break that down and you do the planning and you think about what these problems are that are affecting you, you can come to some type of a a solution and um when many people don't have that they don't think that way and so because of my military service and the way i'm wired i just happen to think and that, that planning in depth and it's useful to folks and when yes. that happens and when they're so grateful you know that's why i do it hey i was checking out your website can you talk to us a little bit about uh this bourbon uh thing that you got going on. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a couple back behind me there. So um, 
if you go down the business school route and you go after an MBA, it's all about metrics and KPIs and all these acronyms. And, and for me, owning my own businesses, yes, being profitable is one thing, but I don't really care about any of those metrics. And so I had to create one. So I, I made my thing that drives my companies um, B-O-B-R is my, is my metric, and that's bottles of bourbon return. So after 20 years after we meet, if I have demonstrated value for you over those 20 years, consistently, my ask is that you pass me a bottle of bourbon as a gift, the most expensive one that you want to pay for, um, as, a, as a bit of gratitude. And mm -hmm. there's a couple of reasons for that. One is that, you know, that 20 year thing is, is exactly, you know, you can retire from the military after 20 years. So you've got to put in the work. Also, it puts everything on me. So if you don't um, decide to do that after 20 years, and it's not like I have a graph that I'm tracking all this stuff, I'm certainly yeah. not. Um, if you don't decide to do that, then I should have worked harder to maintain that relationship. I should have done more so that you found value in that relationship. And so that's paying clients or volunteer work that I do. It doesn't matter to me. Um, the bottles behind me that you see are people that didn't want to wait 20 years. They said, you know, whatever. I'm so thrilled with, you know, what you've done with me so far, you know, here you go. And that's great. And I'm happy with that. But really it's about in 20 years. So I guess another 15 years, the bottles should really start rolling in. Um, and um, my goal is to have like the largest bourbon collection in the Midwest that people gave to me because of the value that I created for right. them. And it's just a different mindset. And I think everyone gets trapped on dollars as value. Social capital is value. Network is value. Um, you know, calling somebody at 2 a.m. to come bail them out of jail, that's value, right? And that's not Definitely. necessarily money. So I, I want to help people and um, continue to make a difference in people's lives. Sometimes that's done through dollars, but sometimes not. So the measure, again, becomes something in the future for me to work for. Yeah, so you basically you said uh, it's your own metric, and then 15, 20 years from now, we'll, we'll yeah. see, we'll see the, the, the collection that you have, right? Yeah, that, I mean, that's the interesting test, right? It would be, and some of them are up on my website already, just a few um, when I, you know, wanted to deal with making pictures of these things that are at all. I've got like another 20 or 30 over there that I, that haven't been uh, put up on the website. Um, and it's just, it's a way for me to, to mark that I'm actually making a difference because we don't have, it's not going to get more rank or some, you know, ribbon or medal, um, some award, you know, you can see some of the stuff up there. Um, this is, I'm a big bourbon fan. It's my hobby. And, and it's a way, you know, when someone hands you a bottle of, of something, it doesn't have to be alcohol. It could be a rare, fruit juice from a from an exotic country or something um, if that's your thing um, generally that kind of a gift has a lot of impact for people and so I've, I've just used that as my metric it's awesome man it's awesome it's not man. proprietary anybody wants to steal that idea and like do it with rum or vodka or something go for it yeah <laughs> want to support an active duty owned brand head over to fortis-fidelis.com. Again, that's fortis-fidelis.com and help us in honoring the brave and faithful service of our nation's defenders. All proceeds will help us create and provide memorial coins to the families of our fallen service members.
Again, that's fortis-fidelis.com and help Fortiset Fidelis in honoring the brave and faithful. Um, so, you know, Bernie, there might be veterans who might be listening in or somebody that might be transitioning out of the military. You know what? Consulting might be a, for me or, you know, that might be something sure. I want to start. What what would what one actionable step would you provide for them to get started in, in that business? So I, I think as veterans, we come out of the military with a, a lot of skills that we don't necessarily think we have, right? Um, you know, it's one thing to say you have a PhD in, in microbiology. That's that's a certificate that people can attach value to. If you if you're not leaving the military with like a, a pilot's license or something, it can be difficult. And that's kind of what I experienced. What you're not quantifying and what you're not like grabbing is the fact that you have leadership, that you have organization, that you have all of these other things that really have tremendous value on the civilian side. And the issue then becomes, well, how do I demonstrate that I have that value? And so you can pull out your NCOERs or your OERs and try to slap those on the desk for somebody. Don't do that. They don't make any sense. They don't make sense to us when we're in the military because we're reading these things and we're like, what kind of crap is this, right? How do you show that you have these skills and values? And I think you can show that by saying, I managed a 15 person unit in a highly kinetic environment in um, a very dangerous place and managed to bring all my people over equipment home or um, had was a hand receipt holder uh, at the division level. And I'm talking, I'm speaking army here and I know you're, you're not. Um, I'm, I'm had a property book that it was $150 million worth of stuff. And so you sat in an office and you just watched this book, but you managed that and that, mm-hmm accountability and the, and the ability of these individuals to show that they can be trusted and take care of something that is a massively stressful thing, that's huge. And we don't think of that. Um, that has real dollar value to companies on the outside. So stop trying to cookie cutter yourself and say, well, I was a company commander, so that means I'm a manager. No, it doesn't. You could have been a company commander for a unit of 20 people you could have been a company commander for a unit of 600 people. Those are completely different organizations, right? And so I think veterans, we fail when we try to say, well, this is me by using the lens of the outside. Strip all that away and say, these are the skills and experiences that I have. I can manage people. I can maintain accountability. I I perform very well in a high stress environment. I'm going to show up on time to work. Like, think about that. Like, we just show up on time. Um, a lot of the civilian world doesn't, mm. which bugs the hell out of me, by the way, you civilians that might see this. Um, <laughs> so think about those in terms of value and what you can bring. And, and yeah, so that consultancy could be anything. Um, logistics or HR or leadership. Leadership. A ton yeah. of veterans go the leadership route. Yeah. So, I mean... Um... You just kind of mentioning, right? Like, just because you have the title of position doesn't mean you qualify for that. For well, that. you're not going to be qualified, right? Because the outside, they look at this is a classic example. Um, you've been in the military for 10 years, you've led people, 
you have led people in really difficult environments where you're bringing in cultures from all over the place and you're getting this, this very difficult mission done, right? So clearly you have some leadership skills. You get out and you go to apply for a job that is, it is less people to manage and they're like, well, you don't really have any experience. Mm. And veterans are like, really? Are you kidding? Well, you don't have experience doing this. You're, you, haven't, you don't have any experience leading a team like we have. And it's true. And so veterans in early in the process of transition, we tend to get annoyed that the civilians aren't giving us our due. But we're trying to get into that world. And so that's why I say to vets that I mentor, just forget about all that. You've got to show them that you have value. It's not their job just to recognize the value when they can't understand what that is. They have no concept of the idea that you would be pulled out of your house at 2 a.m. because one of your people got arrested for drinking, right? <laughs> like that doesn't happen. Um, so stop trying to get them to understand it. Just give, it, give them ways that they can uh, see that value that you have and it'll work out. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so, Bernie, before we go to the second segment of the podcast, um, what's what's one thing you want our listeners or viewers to take away from this episode? You can accomplish anything you put your mind to. You just have to do it. It's it's you know standard. You know, it, it literally is anything. I'll use the example of uh, running a marathon. Uh, a good friend of mine um, when I was in Germany. Uh, got me running, which I hate running, and I'm not a runner. I've never had a runner's high in my life. I think people who do, you know, there must be something wrong with them. Um, he got me running, and he got me all the way up to doing a marathon. He challenged me, and so um, I decided that, yes, I would run a marathon, and I would run the Marine Corps Marathon because Oprah ran it, and Oprah ran the Marine Corps Marathon in 429, four hours, 29 minutes, mm. And so I told my friend, I'm going to run a marathon until I beat Oprah in a foot race. And so I'm a very healthy um, uh, lieutenant colonel at the time. I'm in the best shape of my life. And I signed up for Marine Corps Marathon, and I did not beat Oprah my first year running Marine Corps Marathon. Um, and I all the credit in the world to her. She did it, and, and her time was better than mine. Signed up the next year put in more training hours. I did all the things you're supposed to do. I did splits and intervals and all that crap. It sucked. I beat Oprah in a foot race by three minutes, mm. three minutes. And so to me, that is the power of, of someone's mind. She had more heart than I did. She put more effort in. She dug down deeper. Like that is so inspirational to me. And, and anybody, you'll see uh, people who are in the same race that you're doing or, or whatever task you choose, and they might have a limb missing or they might be having to do it assisted or they might be blind. People can do anything they set their minds to. I mean, look around us. Someone designed the camera. Someone thought up the camera and the chips that are in the things that we're using to communicate over thousands of miles. That's incredible. I mean, I can't wrap my mind around it. So if you want something, just start going. Go to the library and do the research. Find a mentor that can talk to you about it. Um, take classes if you need to do that because you can't find the low-cost route. Do whatever it is you need to do um, if that's something you want to achieve. And you look back after you've done it and you're like, okay, let's move on to something else. Yeah, I think the key thing too is just um, sometimes we get in our own way of our success. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's all, it's most, most of it is the mindset that you bring in. Um, yeah. And also uh, reach out to people who've been where you want to be, like mentors, like you mentioned mentorship, you know. Mm -hmm. um, go to Veterati and reach out to Bernie. <laughs> yeah, please do. Um, I think there's, there's a quote, and I don't, I'm messing up the quote, I don't know exactly what it is, but you really are like a, a subset of the people that you surround yourself with. Right. So if you want something and, and you're not, if I want to be a mergers and acquisitions banker, I'm not going to get to that route probably if I just sit here and I'm by myself and I don't know any mergers and acquisitions. I'm not reading about it. I'm not studying. I'm not doing the work to make that happen. Um, you greatly increase your chances of success when you, when you surround yourself by the pe of the type that you want to get to. Um, and that, that's easier said than done. And it will take some doors closed in your face. It may be some doors slammed in your face and some no's. Keep going. Um, the right people to mentor and, and be in your network are out there. You just got to find them. Yeah. And for those, for those of you guys listening, Veterati, uh, if you haven't heard about it, um, I, I believe it's for military veterans and active duty who uh, can go in there, sign up and find a mentor in any field, any business, yeah, anything, anything yeah. right? And anything. it's, it's all free. Uh, the time like uh, Bernie, he, they spend with you is you don't have to pay for anything. Um, it, it's all free and uh, take advantage of it. Um, talk to those people that, um, you know, are in the field of where you want to be. So reach out. Yeah. And there's so many different organizations. It could be your church. It could be a local group. Um, might be the VFW that's near you. I don't know. I mean, you have to figure out what, what resources available for the individual, but right. no one's going to help you if you don't ask. So mm. Just go ask. That's it right there. All right, Bernie, uh, going into the second segment of the podcast. So this is what I call fast five, the same five questions asked all my guests. Okay, here we go. First question is, what's one hobby you enjoy? Uh, bourbon. Bourbon, drinking bourbon. <laughs> no, not necessarily. I mean, it's not, um, it's not about drinking. And, I, and obviously it is because you have to imbibe that liquid. But um, I'm... 50 years old. I never want to be drunk again. Like the hangovers <laughs> just aren't worth it. I swear when you're young, you're like, all right, you can get up the next day. When you get older, a hangover lasts three days. So yeah. for me, it's about the enjoyment of it. And there really is, it could be wine. It could be cheeses, whatever you get into. Um, there really is variety and, and nose to it and taste and, and craft. And I enjoy that part of it. Just the experience of it. Right. Yeah, and it's really amazing to me that the same general ingredients can have such a different output depending on how the distillery is set up, depending on the water, depending on, you know, how was the grain that year. It's, it's fascinating to me. Mm. Uh, Bernie, second question. If you had to choose one person to hang out with for one day, who would it be and why? Abraham Lincoln, uh, because there's a guy who... Um, backwoodsy i mean it, this goes into our education right like I, I don't know abraham lincoln the person we have these um idealized versions of him through our history right. books and through movies and stuff um but in general he seemed very wise um absolutely educated much of that done to for himself i believe um and uh really had one of the most difficult jobs ever like how do you stitch a country back together um when it's tearing itself apart so um 
I don't know all of the evil things he ever got up to, but in general, from the idealized version from history, yeah, I think it'd be pretty cool to just be around him for a day and have some lunch and, and have a chance to see the world through his eyes. Yeah, when I uh, when I asked this question, like he's probably one of the top five. Like, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, so I'm, I'm so basic. <laughs> no, but uh, that's that's great. Yeah, that, same with me. Like, probably he, he'd be one of the ones I'd want to hang out with and, and talk about those things. So um, next question, Bernie, recommend a book for our audience to read. Uh, well, um, just I'll, I'll take an out in that I have a library uh, section on my website, BernieStone.com. So there's stuff in there about leadership and there's stuff in there about um, investments, et cetera, et cetera. So because I advise so many people on different things, I have different recommendations for different books. Um, I think the thing that could help just the vast majority of your audience is um, a book called The Boggleheads Guide to Investing. Um, and it's up there on the shelf. Had I known, I pulled it down. Um, it is a general investing book, um, and it's more on the value side. So you're gonna you're gonna put money away for your future, versus the speculation that you can see in some of the market today. Um, more service people need to put money away for the future for when they get out. I'll use the example of. Um, most people, when they come back from a combat deployment, they've got some cash in their pocket and they go out and they buy a Camaro, which they then wreck within six weeks. And then they have to keep making payments on it until all the money's gone. I bought stock long-term. Um, and then I retired at the age of 43. So when you start paying for your future, you give yourself options to do other things. And, and yeah, it was fun to have that Camaro for that six weeks. And it makes it a fun story to tell in a bar, but your 65 year old self would go back in time and slap the crap out of you because you <laughs> did that, right? You had an option to, maybe you could be buying your lake house with the money that you put away instead yeah. of that you, you know, burnt in six weeks. I don't know. I mean, if I could figure that out, I'd have winning lottery tickets every day. Um, but in general, when you put something away for your future self, uh, it's always a good bet. So. Yeah. And then, um, especially now with the new blended retirement, like they, they yeah. match up to 5%. So at least the minimum put up 5%. Yeah. And we, you know, we're like, man, it's lame. You know, it's not really growing. There's a really cool thing, um, with investing called compound interest. Yeah. And there's a point in the future where your money that you put away will be banking more money on its own than you putting more money into that investment. Right. And I know that sounds really convoluted, but it's, it's just math. And so the earlier you start and the more you put away, the sooner you reach that point. Um, and that is what allows me to live the lifestyle that I do and, and help the people that I want and volunteer so much because I early enough in my life, um, we reach that point where my investments take care of themselves. Awesome. Um, Bernie, next question. What's your favorite quote and why? Um, I think the one that I use the most is what really helped me and that's get busy living or get busy dying um, from Shawshank Redemption. Mm. And Great that movie, goes back. <laughs> yeah. My favorite. Um, but that really goes back to, man, I want this, or I really wish I could improve that. Um, get out there and do it. Like there's no time to start with the present. Just do it. Like all of these, it's such a postery kind of thing on some, you know, high school English wall um of, of these pithy sayings but it's absolutely true um 
get busy living. And, and I'm a strong mental health advocate. And so I, I sort of struggle with that because the get busy dying part, there are those folks that are so desperate that they don't see a way that they can move forward. So I'm hesitant to use this phrase, but I truly believe that anybody um, has things that, that to live for and to move forward with. They just don't see that. And so that's where that mentorship or that's where getting therapy. I'm a huge advocate for therapy. I love my therapist. I, I achieve what I do um, because of the, the relationship that I have with my therapist and figuring myself out. And it's not a weakness, it's a strength mm. to, to, to take your mental health um, the way and think about it in the way that you would your heart health or um, fighting cancer or you know, diabetes or something. You should take care of you know, what's going on here so you can be your best self. Yeah, it's the most important thing is the mental, mental health. Um, Bernie, last question here. What do you see yourself in a year, five years, or even 10 years from now? Probably doing the exact same thing. I mean, it's it's sort of an unfair question because I retired already. So, you know, most of the time people are like, oh, when I retire, I'm going to be fishing or I'm going to do this or that. I'm already doing those things. I do basically whatever I want because I'm self-employed. Um, and those activities allow me to live the lifestyle that I want to. So I think I'll be doing the same stuff. Now, I would love to have a private jet and be flying off to the Alps and go skiing, you know, every other weekend, but I don't necessarily think that <laughs> I'm going to achieve that level of, of wealth, uh, you know, anytime soon. But uh, um, yeah, I think one, five, 10 years, I'll be doing the exact same stuff. Hopefully to more people, greater audiences, who knows, creating Hopefully. that value getting a bigger shelf yeah. to put more bottles on right have more bourbons in the back in the background right <laughs> um well bernie man i appreciate the time um and again thank you for providing value and you know offering your mentorship um wherever that may be with through score uh veterati and all the other uh you know things that you're involved with um you know before we go where can our audience where can they follow you where can they support you Sure. Um, BernieStone.com um, is the easy website. It's it's actually strategicscoutsconsulting.com, but that's such a mouthful that, you know, it's easy to remember BernieStone.com. Um, or on Twitter, at uh, StratScouts. Uh, and just today, I uh, published a piece uh, that went out on the USA Today Network about um, uh, assisting our Afghan uh, immigrants as they come in. Uh, so take a look at that. And I would love uh, for people to give a thumbs up on that article or give me some comments if you disagree with what I had to say. So, yeah. And you said that was on USA Today? It went out on the USA Today network. So locally it's the Des Moines Register, but I also threw it up on my Twitter page um, and also on LinkedIn. So I do have one request for all the veterans yeah. out there. Yeah. If you're going to try to connect to someone on LinkedIn, this is not a Facebook friend request. If I don't know you, if we've never worked before and you want to be a part of my network, put a message in the request. Hey, I'm this person. I want to connect for these reasons. Great. If you send me a blind request and I get a lot of these, I have no idea who you are. Like yeah. there's, I can't, to me, a LinkedIn connection is that I know of you and I can pick you out of a police lineup. If that's not the case, Give me something to work on. So put a note in there. This is why. Um, LinkedIn is not Facebook. On Facebook, yeah, I've got 5,000 friends. 
you have 5,000 connections on LinkedIn and you don't know who they are, why are you doing it? Because <laughs> I mean, to some people, it really matters. And yeah. I'm assisting a company right now as part of the FedTech um, uh, umbrella of, of things. And I'm mentoring a company. I'm going through my LinkedIn connections to see folks that would provide value to them. This is about business. This is about making real change in this business's future. So if you're just tossing stuff out there, just to, you know, I, I'm connected to so-and-so. Hey, can you do an introduction? I don't know who they are. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, so that's, treat that's LinkedIn like LinkedIn. Yeah, that's a great point because there's so many spammers there nowadays on LinkedIn. That's right. It, so. it, well, you know, everyone's going to try to find that advantage that they do. But we as veterans, um, your personal connections are really the power of that network. Um, nobody cares if you're connected to 5,000 people. That doesn't mean anything. What it means, it, um, what has true meaning is that, that you can do personal or warm introductions to other people. There's folks that you may not know but are in my network and you can reach out to me and say, hey, I'd really, I'm interested in this job with this company or I'm interested in, in selling my product to this company and I see that you're connected to the CEO. Would you do a warm introduction? Sure. Yeah. So that's where this value is, not numbers. These aren't, this isn't Instagram. There, there it is. Uh, Bernie, again, thank you for your time, man. And uh, for those of you guys listening, and um, we'll be watching this later on, uh, again, berniestone.com or reach out to him on Twitter at StratScouts uh, with the screen name. So, Bernie, thanks again for your time, and uh, hopefully I'll talk thank to you, you soon, brother. Yeah, peace. Later. Hey everyone, Raiden here. I just want to thank you for listening to our podcast. And make sure you guys go check out our website, fortist-fidelis.com. Again, that's fortist-fidelis.com. And learn how you can help us support in providing these memorial coins to the families of the fallen. And make sure you guys go follow our social media on Facebook, FRTS, FDLS. Again, that's FRTS, FDLS. And on Instagram and Twitter at FRTS underscore FDLS. Again, that's FRTS underscore FDLS. And make sure you guys go subscribe, review, and leave a comment on our podcast on all the podcast platforms. Till then, take care.